Warning, this podcast is rated not safe for work for profanity, sexual innuendo, and general silliness. Ta-da! I found the button. All right. Should teach some classes. <laughs> I never... Did I, Kev, do you remember the story about me teaching a gay man how to give a blowjob over cigars? Have I ever told you that story? Yes, I believe I remember the story. Okay, great. Now, on that note, welcome to the Macabre Academy. Brandy is already done. <laughs> Probably one of the more normal conversations we've ever had. Not, yeah. <laughs> I was not expecting that. I was drinking, and then you said gay man blowjob, and I was like, what? <laughs> I was seeing this man, and his best friend in the entire world was gay. And I don't normally preference something with their sexual orientation. However, this one was interesting to me because... Um, we have the infamous five-minute blowjob that I have become known for, including Kev's entire cigar shop because I get drunk and I run my mouth about it. But this guy... That was hysterical. Yeah. This guy that I was dating, he was a Greek boxer, gorgeous, and his best friend in the entire world was gay. And I guess this man that I had been seeing told the tale of the five minute blowjob. So his friend, I'm going to try to not use names. His friend comes up to me and he goes, Steffi, will you teach me how to do that? And I was like, I can give you some notes if you want. And he goes, great. I'll meet you for coffee. So we go down to leaf and bean in the strip and we sat out in the front there and we both had some coffee and we were smoking a cigar. And I was explaining to him how I gave the five minute blow job. And he literally got a notebook out of his man satchel and literally started taking notes. He goes, Steffi, how did you think to do these things? And I'm like, I don't know, which is what I do. <laughs> oh my God. I have, next, a, I have a go. Ahead, I'm sorry. The next time I saw that man, he came up and he gave me the world's biggest hug. So whatever <laughs> I told him, it wasn't wrong. So I have, I have a great clean story about being down at Leaf and Bean. It involves Jim. Oh no. So Jim is being Jim and he's half kicked in the ass because it's Jim and that's what Jim does at his shop. Wait, so he's time out. Brandy, I'm going to take your leaf and me when this is all done. Cause you want some good ass coffee. Yes. Yeah. It depends yes. on who's working. Cause if, if Jim's there, the coffee shop is broken. It, he won't make you a coffee. No, I bought like the dancing bear and brought it home. Oh, I was, I was saying, cause there was another story that Jim, he, Jim was working there that one day and somebody came in for a latte. He's like, sorry, machines down. Right, well, tell me the tell me the clean story. I'm sorry I interrupted. No, you're good. Uh, so Jim is Jim is fucked up, and he's walking around at tables talking to people. And there's this group of people who came together, but clearly, like three of them smoke cigars with the twelve people at the table, right? So this girl looks at Jim and goes, "Get ice." And Jim just loses his goddamn mind on this girl, starts screaming. Her. He's like, "Fuck you! Who the fuck do you think you are to tell me to go get you? Uh, fuck." It. He ran in for like five minutes at this bitch. She's like, who the fuck do you think you are? He's like, I own the fucking place. Why don't you get out? <laughs> he is literally the most low-key chill man ever. So every I time I see Jim, every time I see Jim now, I'm like, hey Jim, get ice. He's like, you motherfucker. <laughs> 
Randy, he is such a gentle soul. He's just this happy little drunk in his Hawaiian shirts and his Santa beard and his little hat. Though I haven't seen his hat as much. It is $20,000 Rolex. Well, you know, uh, we all make choices. I'm just saying, because he looks like a total bum. He's got a $20,000 Rolex on his wrist. You do you, boo-boo. Speaking of eccentric rich people, what about Oh, I like where this is going. Right? Okay. That was was an epic segue. I love that. I'm so proud of you. I know. This is like a professional (laughs) podcast and everything now. I told you, I'm really good at getting us on topic. That's that's my 90% of my job is to get know, it really on topic. A, that segue <laughs> was so amazing, hard. though. Right. So it's a brandy-tastic episode. So we're going to be talking about Winchester House. But before we do, I want to mention this in kind of a somber way because I don't want to crack jokes about it. It looks like it's just going to be me and Brandy for a while. Kev's happy to come onto the podcast with us. He's going to be an honorary headmaster of House Veritas. Um, This is indefinite. Don't know exactly what's going on. I just wanted to be honest and forthcoming about it. So please just expect me and Brandy for the time being and whenever Kev is gracious enough to bestow us with his presence. So here we are. Brandy, it's your show. My show. Okay, great. So like we're all fucked now. You're all fucked. I'm hey, sorry. you got some information too. Kev got on the research train and is helping. Look at him not being trash. So we're talking about ghosts because hi, I'm a haunted bitch. Welcome to my life. So we're gonna talk about Sarah Winchester and her mystery house. So we're gonna start off with Sarah. She was born in Connecticut around 1839 i couldn't find an exact date which i found fucking weird like mm. how do you not know but okay whatever i mean hey, uh, back in the day were expendable i mean yeah but still like okay we knew it was around eight, three, 1839 so she married into the new haven's winchester family and they're known for the rifle company now i know nothing about guns at all it's okay i got it covered in spades and that's why we have kevin Kevin, do your thing. Let's see what you got. Oh, you throwed me in already. Yeah, oh, already, dude. Tap in. Oh, Jesus, go. I got to move some shit. Hold on. I didn't. I wasn't expecting to be. I was expecting to be up so fast. <laughs> Listen, it's all about the house. After that, <laughs> we can't tell the story of the Winchester House without the Winchester guns. Okay, so the the company was founded in 1866. My pen was running out of ink, so this is incredibly hard to read. Uh, in New Haven, Connecticut, which is where I believe Yale is located. Uh, the founders originally were Horace Smith and Daniel Wesson, but not the, the Smith and Wesson of Smith and Wesson Firearms. That's their two other idiots. That's a just weird to have this coincidence. It that really is. is. So the original, the company was officially founded in 1866, but it started in 1855 when they started getting investors. And the largest one was Oliver Winchester. Uh, in 1856, the company became insolvent. In 1857, Winchester and, Dave, and a guy named John Davies, well, I really need to work on my handwriting, uh, purchased the company without the two founders, which is Smith & Wesson. Uh, 1873, they came out with the repeater rifle, which is known as the gun that has won the West. Uh, Winchester dies in 1880. So, you know, he had a good run. His uh, son takes over, and he died four months later. Oh, what a legacy. Four months. Yes. Four months at the helm. He did, he did wonderful things. Uh, 
and, and upon his death, uh, Sarah takes over the company and then uses her inheritance to build the house that we're talking about tonight. Okay. So the gun, the gun that won the West. Yes. I remember this. There is a, um, a mechanism right in the gun that he had invented that was like innovative or something. Uh, yeah, it basically went from single shot, single load to be able to load multiples. And then it's the one that it's a, you guys on the video podcast are going to see my great hand motion. So uh, yeah. is it the one with the barrel that has all the different ones in it? A revolver? Um, similar, but it's more that of a lever thing? action is the word. I was oh, okay. Groping. That, yeah. And I believe that meant it could fire more Faster. easily and Faster. rapidly. Yes. Right. Okay. So that's what made this gun desirable compared to older guns. Yes. And okay. took over the West. Yes. And and what the native peoples could not stand up against that gun. There were so many people doing trick shots and rapid fires and duels with that gun. It was so reliable that it was the thing. Yeah. The they thing. also they also came out with revolvers and shotguns and all the other stuff you would possibly need to decimate an entire indigenous people. So yeah, you know, because we're trash. Well, Brandy, I feel like I should take you to go shoot guns sometimes because I have done the thing. I don't own have guns. you. I have. It is fun. I am not responsible enough to physically own a gun myself. Just going to be fair. honest. Fair. But I have been to a range. I have shot the guns. And with proper safety and in the right environment, it's a lot of fun. I've got us covered there. Hmm? Perfect. I've got us covered there. When, when the range I belong to starts allowing guests, we'll have a good day out. Good. We'll go. We're trying. Great as a podcast and as an adventure to start doing things that we're not normally doing. Now I've only shot guns once, but it's fun. I would go fishing. We're going to go do Reiki. Oh, we're going to go do ghost I do hunting. Not fish. I'm just saying. Um, I want to go ax throwing. Yeah. See. Okay. So we're going to do that. We're gonna but do like, that I see a- the ax like being like bouncing back and like hitting me straight in the forehead. So that might be how I die, but I'm down. Well, we'll get it on video. It'll be good. Have you Perfect. have you seen the competitive axe throwing league? Yeah, my ex is part of it. It's Actually, amazing. I love watching that shit. Like it's you, fucked up, and I'm like, what are you doing? No, my boss when I worked for the LASIK place, not only did she do roller derby, but with like no experience, decide to join an axe throwing competition league thing. And mm-hmm. I just, I love this woman with my whole life. I don't know that she listens to the podcast, but she's like a jet setter and she's just this amazing human being. I looked at her. I was like, you want to go play laser tag? And she goes, yeah, she comes and plays and she's 10 years older than me. So watching her play roller derby and doing laser tag and all these things, I'm just like blown away by this woman. It's like life goals. Yes. Okay. So we, we now know about this gun and it sounds like it's responsible for a lot of death. Mm-hmm. Okay, Brandy, do your thing. Okay, so a little more background on Sarah. She married, what's his name? I don't know. Charles? I don't know. Um, she married the Winchester dude, and they had a daughter. The daughter died after only six weeks. She had a rare condition that left her unable to process calories, and it caused her to become malnourished sarah had no more children and then in march of 1881 her husband died of tuberculosis 
she saw this as a curse and she went into like permanent mourning. So she mourned from the day her daughter died till the day she died. Never was in colors again, wore the traditional black veil, black dress, everything, every day. So people already thought she was weird as fuck. Mm. So when her husband died, she inherited 50% of the rifle company and got a shit ton of money. That's when she bought the house that is located at 525 South Winchester Boulevard. And the home today has at least 160 rooms. And then it covers six acres. So a lot of the rooms have gold-plated fixtures. So instead of just like a regular light switch, she's like, let's make that bitch gold. And I'm like, "Um, hi, can I have that? I want that. And then all of the doors and the windows that have any kind of stained glass are made out of the Tiffany glass. That's set in silver. And also, I want that. Thank you. There were other buildings on the property, including a greenhouse, a tank house, which I'm not really sure. I'm thinking it's like where like the well and like all that kind of stuff would be mm-hmm. and a fruit drying shed. The reason she moved west was after her husband and daughter died, she went to a medium that told her that the vindictive spirits were targeting her and that she would be the next victim if she didn't act quickly. The medium said that to calm the spirits, Sarah had to go west and build a house big enough to hold all of the restless spirit. So basically the medium told her, hey, this gun that you guys own killed all these bitches. All these bitches are now pissed at you and they're going to haunt you and probably kill you if you don't build a house big enough to hold them all. I mean, are you getting inspiration because you are a haunted ass bitch? Oh, 100%. Like, do I just need to build a mansion and they'll leave me alone? With gold light pictures. And Tiffany glass. Done. But first, I need to house. marry. Yeah, <laughs> tank house. That I don't know what it's for, but okay. But I need to marry a rich man who dies of tuberculosis first. Well, clearly, I mean that's the way. You clearly, do that's the goal. But like, wait, hold on. Are shooting off fireworks? Should we kill them and bury them? Yeah, in some assholes. Been, some assholes been doing that around here too, and it's pissing me the fuck off. It is fucking Tuesday night, okay? <laughs> we record on Taco Tuesdays. It is Tuesday night. Like I don't hear the fireworks. I hear them in If that space. makes you feel better. Babush. No, I don't hear them. So okay, um, another fun little fact. Tuberculosis used to be called consumption. I remember that. Yeah. And like, how fun is that? Like, that does not sound like a sad, like, terrible disease. That sounds like a death by consuming cake in my brain. Right? And like, I'm down. Like, let's die of that. So... Sarah was told by a psychic that as long as she continued to build the rooms on the house, the ghosts of those who were killed by the rifles would not kill her, but the minute she stopped building, they would come for her. So that's why she constantly was adding rooms, adding things, doing all this crazy stuff to the house. Well, there's like a result of that, right? So there's like staircases to nowhere. Mm -hmm. Um, But a lot of it actually made sense for her. So, like, bitch was like me and had all these, like, arthritis issues and all this stuff. So, instead of having stairs in some areas, she would have, like, slight inclined ramps. Because that's easier to walk up than walk upstairs with bad arthritis. So, a lot of the stuff that everyone was like, oh, this doesn't make sense. Why would she have a ramp here and have this there? Because it helped with her ailments. 
And the way she got inspiration for all of these rooms and everything was she would hold seances in a creepy little tower at night. And the next morning she would wake up and be like, oh, here's all these designs. You guys need to change this now. And like, it's been said that that was the ghost designing their individual rooms. Did you see the movie on Netflix? No, I did not. Is it the long one? Well, I it's current. Oh, so yeah, I saw it in theaters, I think, when it came out. Right. I, you know what's weird is I, I was I had taken my night meds to sleep, so I was like fading in and out. But I thought mm-hmm. what was most interesting is in that movie to seal a ghost in one of these rooms, you mm-hmm. need 13 iron nails. Mm-hmm. What's interesting about that is that is based on true um, <coughs> metaphysical beliefs. Yeah. And she was obsessed with the number 13. So anytime there's like a Friday the 13th, the um because the house is a museum now and you can go and look at it and walk through it so the museum every friday the 13th on the 13th hour the bell in one of the towers tolls 13 times and it's because she was fascinated by the number 13 and because it had such a like powerful meaning within the ghost world Mm -hmm. so I mean, that's still around and they still, I don't know if it's to like seal them in the house so they can't get out and escape or if it's just like, oh, that's a cool thing. Let's just do it. Well, I know like the iron nail things, it's very Mm -hmm. common for witches to keep those in their pocket because it's supposed to ward off evil spirits as well. In fact, one of the court appointments I went to with the abusive asshole, Kev, you remember him? You know what I want to kill? Yep. Same dude. I would wear an iron nail around my neck. My husband, uh, another shaman had given me said iron nail and my husband had wire wrapped it for me and hid it in a lower pendant so that I could wear it undetected underneath my clothes when I went to court. I had to get through the scanny thing, Mm -hmm. but I did somehow this little iron nail made it all the way into the courtroom with me. It's like, oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe in the power of iron. A lot of, like, what, cemeteries, too, will have, like, iron gates. Yeah. The spirits in. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of thing. I just, I thought it was neat because it was so factual and it was something that I use today. Oh, yeah. Still use today. See, I didn't know the, like, reason behind the iron. Because, yeah, cemeteries use iron um, gates every day. Like, even now, it's weird. Like, they won't admit that, like, ghosts are real, but they're like, yeah, we're just going to seal everything in here. With like, iron it's fine. anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Like, fuck you. So, the rest of the stuff I have is ghost stories. Um, Isn't there, like, I don't know if you looked it up, but I, I think there's, like, so many chimneys and so many fireplaces and so many um windows um i mean she had windows and doors to nowhere i know there were like statistics on these weird things that she built into the house i had it somewhere let me look at my notes i also know that there was a couple of ghost investigations 
done it that Yeah, house. your favorite person did one. Fucking Zach Baggins. Bullshit. <laughs> He's a cunt bag. Come I at knew me. that's how you would react to that, and I love it. He's a he's a he's the biggest taint stain I have ever seen in my life. Taint stain. I love you. Hold on, I, I'm looking up how many chimneys. Hold on, how do I spell this? Sound me. Put in elevator music again, or just put in scary screaming music. I'm while, she's, while she's doing that, happy birthday, Sound Maiden. It's your birthday Happy today. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Okay. I'm still trying to cool. figure out what the hell this tank house thing is, but I can't, it's not coming right? up anymore. I can't figure it out. It looks so like it I might just be like all. where the water tank was. Well, that makes sense. It's also useful. The, also the least interesting thing I could have possibly found. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was just like, oh, I hope there's something fun in there. There's not. So there's 17 chimneys. There it is. Roughly 161 rooms. 40 bedrooms, two ballrooms, 47 fireplaces. I like a place with a good ballroom. Mm-hmm. Right? But, like, she never had people over, so, like, why do you have a ballroom? Well, the ghosts got to dance and shit the night away, right? They're up till 3 mm. o'clock in the morning. Got to give them something to do. I mean, that's fair. So, yeah, there were a ton of ghost investigations. There's a ton of them on YouTube, and I just watched them all, and I was like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Like, I've been falling asleep to ghosts for the last, like, two weeks. Before we get into the ghost stories, are there mm-hmm. any theories as to why this house is so active? So, the theories are that it's all of the ghosts that the Winchester rifles have killed. So, anyone that was killed by this rifle and that has, like, unfinished business, like, they weren't ready to die, comes back and... Uh, being the heir and being the one that owned the majority of the company they found her house and they were like yo we're gonna fuck with this bitch well did this like open a portal so are we talking about demonic activity as well or shadow people or is it strictly these kind of localized hauntings so there's been shadow people there's they don't really say it's demonic the one article said that if there was any haunting at all they thought it was not like a happy ghost, but like not an angry person. Do you know what I mean? Like someone just content and they were just like, yeah, I live here now. Well, there's like, we have to do an official ghost hunting episode because there's yes. multiple kinds of hauntings, multiple kinds mm-hmm. of ghosts because you have like malignant hauntings that aren't cognizant of your, that you're there. You have intelligent right. hauntings, you have poltergeists. There's like all of this stuff. And if we're going to keep doing haunted things, um, I definitely want to put together an episode strictly on ghost hunting before we go. Because I'd like to go over the equipment, the science, all those things as an amateur ghost hunter myself. Right. Mm -hmm. So the woman that was in that movie that you watched on Netflix Mm -hmm. is quoted in this article on Vanity Fair saying, if it is haunted, I feel it's haunted by something very benign. I feel sort of a great, I feel a sweetness in the house, not a horror. There's a sweetness in it. It's haunted by something sweet if it's haunted. So she doesn't feel when she was in the house for the movie, for anything else, that it was anything negative and anything bad. It was more so, we're here. We want you to know 
but we're not here to hurt you or to upset you. We're here. We're queer. Get used to it. <laughs> that. 100%. I think, I think it's interesting that they began as vengeful spirits and it seems mm-hmm. like that she has appeased them. Right. With her sacrifice. And now they're just chilling. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Okay. All right. So what are we dealing with? What's in there? So some employees have been said to stay around after their death because she treated her employees so very well. She made sure that they all had comfortable housing. She made sure that they were all taken care of and they felt like family to her. So like even on the day she died, instead of going out and selling all these stories and writing all these exposés about, oh, this is what happened to the house and this bitch was crazy and did they didn't say anything. None of her staff came forward and was like, yeah, this bitch is crazy. They mm-hmm. all just walked away and kept quiet. So because they were like family to her, it's been said that they stay around because she's still there and that's where they feel comfortable. So people hear footsteps shuffling to and from her bedroom. There's an apparition with black hair who's seen pushing a wheelbarrow outside. So maybe he's still trying to do work on the property, just still doing his job around the place. I heard the wheelbarrow story. Mm -hmm. I believe it was a tour of the, of the property and they saw the wheelbarrow person. Mm -hmm. I think they tried to like communicate or something with said person because they seemed to be solid and right distance but then they saw a photo in a gallery of the same person and that person mm-hmm. had been deceased for a significant amount of time right yeah so it's still seen around they're just like oh yeah he's just doing his work just doing his thing like he did when he was alive because this is where they feel comfortable which i think is really find- sweet can we find that picture we might be able to of, of him since he seems to be Uh, somebody that can be uh, physically identified. Like there was a photo of him in the museum. Yeah. I don't know. Do they have a gallery on their website or anything? They do, but it was really the outside of the house. So now I'm just doing a Google search. Um, I I think what happens with some of these haunted attractions or something, there's not a lot of readily available photos because they want you to pay for the tour or the book or something. 100%. Yeah, that's what I had with the the Gleason book for Lunatic Asylum. Yeah, everyone wants you to really pay for it to be able to see it. But that goes into the preservation of the property, right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of worth it. I don't know if I believe that picture. That looks photoshopped. We'll find it. If I find it, I'll put it on Instagram. Perfect. Okay, so... The creepy one that, like, I'm not fucking with, like, this is not okay. A present-day worker was up on a ladder. When he was on the ladder, he felt a tap on his shoulder. So, like, he does, like, a quick little look around. No one's fucking there. So then he's just like, okay, I'm going to keep working. It taps him again. Don't touch me while I'm up high. Don't fucking do it. Don't you dare. So... Then after a little bit, it went away, and then he felt a hand press into the small of his back. Still on the fucking ladder. Was it keeping him on the ladder? Was it trying to get his attention? Maybe. 
but he, like, please don't touch me. That's me so, and like, spiders. Oh, you exist. You can live there, but like, go the fuck away. Yeah, don't touch me. <laughs> yes. So once again, he looked around. He's like, I'm alone in this room. Like, there's no one the fuck else in here. Like, what is happening? That's when he decided to leave. He goes, okay, well, maybe there's like someone else in the room and they just want to get their work done. So then he like peaced out for the day. He's like, bye, have a nice life. And honestly, same. Like, bye. Hmm. I'm good. Don't touch me. <laughs> okay. So this also, no, never moving to California. Sorry. In 1906, there was an earthquake that destroyed San Francisco. It also caused damage to the house and trapped Sarah in a room. No. No. So she was stuck in that room until some of her workers could come and free her. So they didn't earthquake-proof the house, even though the area is prone to Yeah, no. No. It's, It's the 1800s. What do you want from them? Right? It was 1906. Like, come on. But, like, no, I'm good. So then, after they, like, released her from the room and, like, let her out, she was like, okay, now we're sealing up that fucking room and I'm never going in there. Mm. So she pulled on me. She'd be like, get the fuck out. And the room stayed sealed from 1906 till 2016. I saw the photos. Yeah, they unsealed it. Mm Mm-hmm. And then it was added to the tour. One day on a tour in this room, a guide heard a loud sigh in the hallway. She was like, okay, tour, you stay here. I'm going to go look this out. Like, I'm going to go see who's missing, who the fuck's the lollygagger and just got left behind in the hallway. She goes out and she goes, hmm, no one's here. But then as she was going back into the room out of the corner of her eye, she saw a small little ghostly thing glide around the corner so she followed it of course because what else would you do not run in the opposite direction never curiosity killed the cat yeah same bye peace out cub scout but when she turned the corner where the ghost had she didn't see anything again but she heard another really really loud sigh so it said that because Sarah Winchester was only four foot ten, so she was a little teeny tiny thing, mm. that this was Sarah. And she was like, why the fuck did you go in that room? She's like, I told you not to do it. And she was sighing out of frustration because get the fuck out of that secret room. If there's a room sealed off, you don't go in there. Bad things come from that. It's sealed for a fucking reason. Hmm. No. And then in 2015, the public relations coordinator reported that he took several photos of the mansion. And these you can see on the website, on the Winchester website, that he took tons of photos. When he went back to look at the photos and delete all the ones that he was like, yeah, that's shitty. I don't care about that or this. There was a figure in a lot of the windows. And when he went and looked in real life, there was no person in that window. Like he was the only one on the property when he was taking pictures. So like that's fucked. And people who visit there and do the tours often find figures all over their pictures. Is there like a standard form? Like does it seem to be masculine or feminine or? They're both. 
the short little ones, they claim to be Sarah, even though, like, do we know? If it's in a dress and it's, like, four foot, maybe. But because it was a construction site, most of them are men. Mm. The house was super high-tech for the time because of her arthritis and all of her joint pains and issues. The house had three elevators. I'm like, I don't know how the elevators would work. But it had them. Probably pulleys and levers, I would assume. Yeah, but like, do you want to pull someone like that? No. Get the fuck out. No, but if you're rich, you pay people to do that shit. I mean, fair, but like, that's a lot of work. It had high-tech devices for the time that would heat the house. So it didn't always need to have the fireplaces going. It had like indoor heating like we have today, I'm assuming, instead of like, oh, hey, that room doesn't have a fireplace. It's going to be cold as shit. And it was California. So like it wasn't cold as shit. And then also devices that let her easily communicate with staff, whether that be like a bell or however it was, but it was more high tech than most of the houses today in that time. Did you ever do that thing when you were a kid and you took the little cups with the string? Oh, all the time. Yeah. If you like, if you remember like Cinderella, Mm -hmm. (laughs) they had like the string pulley system in the kitchen to ring the bells. Yeah. But also I've seen in some of these Victorian movies that string technique applied with pipes. So there would be like a little small hole in the wall with a pipe attached to it and the pipe would go to another room. And if you spoke through the pipe in a clear, concise manner, you could actually get a message all the way across the house. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. They're very, it is one of those high tech things, but at the same time, it's very like basic, basic figures of of Mm -hmm. physics of sound waves carrying through these pipes. I'm not sure exactly the material that best conducted it, but I'm sure scientifically speaking at the time, they probably picked the best metal for that. Oh, yeah. You know, stuff like that. Right. When was it? Was it wired for electricity originally or did that come later? That came later. Mm. Because, I mean, Sarah died in 1922. So I'm sure we had electricity at that point. But to wire the entire house being as crazy as it was, it would have taken a lot longer to get all the electric in there, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so she was 82 years old when she died. And at the time that she died, the house had 2,000 doors, 10,000 windows, 42 stairways, 13 bathrooms, and six kitchens. That's a lot of fucking stuff. I mean, I could personally use 16 kitchens. I could use, like, 13 bathrooms. I could just use another stove. Ooh, I finally have a gas stove, and I'm so happy. Well, you know... Glass-top flat ranges, I fucking hate it. Oh, I would hate that. No. Oh, it's the fucking worst. No. Couldn't deal with it. I keep trying to break it in a way that's not obvious, so my landlord has to replace it. Oh, they're just going to replace it with the same shit. I hope not, because this thing is fucking garbage. <laughs> Listen, I moved into this apartment a month ago, and can I tell you the amount of times I've had maintenance in this place? At least once a week. And I'm over it. I was with you waiting for maintenance right before you moved in. Yeah, that too. Like, our dishwasher leaves a stream of soap 
on every dish. And he goes, yeah, some dishwashers just do that. It's totally working. It, it's not. My dishwasher is so garbage. I don't even use it anymore. I mean, at this point, I refuse to use it. But like, that's not how a dishwasher works. No. Try again. I think that's all I have. A good book is a key to emotional freedom. Cast off your shackles, escape the mundane, journey with me to solace, a complex, magical world brought to life in vivid detail with characters you'll both love and hate. Immerse yourself in the lives of Lotus, Mist, Toll, and Greyotch, individuals brought together by a daring quest, an attempted murder, broken vows, and ties that bind. What will you discover as the story unfolds and the relationships evolve? Find out in Strands of Solace, rewoven by Cheryl Sukacek, available now on Amazon. It was a short one, I told you. It was very short. It's hard to find a lot because it's all just ghost stories and it's all like the same ghost story over and over. I'm trying to think about what I remember about the Winchester house. Because I do believe that she, like, she had a seance room. Mm -hmm. That was in a tower. It was in, like, so I call it a tower. You know those houses that have, like, the Cinderella towers on them, but it's not a tower? Mm -hmm. It was like that. Do they still hold seances in those rooms today? No. One, did they say why? No. Mm. What do you find most interesting about the Winchester house? I think that like everyone thought she was crazy, but like, I don't think she was crazy. I think she had a lot of guilt about being part of this company that was responsible for all of these deaths. And like a lot of the articles said that like that guilt, over guns wasn't a thing back in that day because they were useful like today but they were like that's how you got your food that's how you protected yourself all that mm-hmm. so the guilt wasn't associated with it but i think she had so much guilt that her company was responsible for all of these deaths that she was like i need to fix this and the way she thought she was fixing it because of the medium that she had talked to was just constantly building and making sure that they had a place to go if they weren't ready to cross over. Mm. I think that's what she really saw her house as was like, okay, you're not ready to go to wherever you're going. You can stay here and I'll build like a different room or I'll build something that you want to make you feel comfortable. Mm. How do you feel about guns knowing what you know from doing this, this episode? I mean, like, obviously they have their uses. Do I think people need to be as crazy about them as they are? No. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, they are useful. But is our country crazy about guns? Also, yes. Like, are we, are we crazy people? Maybe a little bit? Well, I do know there's definitely a culture built around guns. Because when I was in the cigar industry, we had those gun bashes. Mm-hmm. There were 
great way to bring money into the community where you would go in and you would buy raffle tickets and they would raffle off guns. And even though the guns are right. expense, they always made more money. Right. In fact, one of the cigar reps won a gun that I had been selling cigars at for one of these events. I was really upset because I bought a ticket too and I didn't, I didn't win any. Former but, rep. He's not a rep anymore. Former rep. Thank you. So, Kev, how as a modern gun advocate, like what's what's your stance on guns? How do you feel about this? Oh, that's a complicated question. How much time do we have? A lot. So, like, a are lot. you like me where you're not against them, but like people are kind of crazy about it? Oh, no, I love guns. Okay. I think mind. they're great. I think okay. they're great. I, I have five in my coffee table right now. <laughs> okay. So you remind me of my family then. Because they're all that way, and I'm just like, oh, okay, like I'm, I'm good. I'm just gonna stay over here. Then, thanks. There, I, there are people who take it way too far, and it's, it's, oh Christ, how do I, how do I phrase this without coming off like a colossal asshole? I mean, I if you come off like an asshole, asshole, I mean, we're down. Yeah, I'll call you out. I mean, like I said, I like guns. I have many of varying kinds allegedly they may have been lost in a boating accident in canada though so that's neither here nor there um (laughs) there are people who take it entirely too far um there's people who open carry and don't have situational awareness to their surroundings piss me the fuck off because if you're going to carry a gun fine if you're going to carry a gun openly okay that's a little bit of a different conversation but if you're going to not even remotely pay attention to your surroundings while you're open carrying a firearm i'm going to come up and try to probably take it from you (laughs) that thought has crossed my mind multiple times when i see these fucking morons um well what i think is interesting is the conversation is always people or what guns don't kill people 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 kill people people. so like here's my only thing I think we've created, I don't know. I think we've created a society who like, I don't want to take guns away. I don't think we need to, but if you're a fucking crazy person and you're just over there, like waving your gun around and you're like, Oh, it's mine. I can do whatever I want. with No, bitch. You can't like, you should have to one take classes to get a license you should have to go through all the safety stuff which i don't know if you do or not not in pennsylvania okay so like you should have to go through like all these safety things before you're able to do it you should have to know everything about it before you're able to have it because it is something dangerous well no that's how that's how i felt i just like i was completely anti-gun and then i marry a man with an entire arsenal of guns and I said, if you're going to bring these into my home, I want to mm-hmm. understand them. I want to know how they work. I want to know what safeties are in place. I want to, you know, I wanted to know everything, which is right. how I wound up shooting the guns in the first place. Okay. Yeah. So a, I think it was interesting because it did change my perspective mm-hmm. on the guns. What's not changed is my perspective on the paranormal and I don't know if you remember in my episode about the lunatic asylum, but I did say like doors are Mm -hmm. a big liminal space. It's something I'm, I get hung up on. Right. So the fact that this house has so many doors as a witch myself freaks me the fuck out. Right. 
I feel like that is inviting a space that is liminal mm-hmm. and transitional. And you have all of these portals you could open up by having all of these doors, like excessive doors. Right. Humble opinion, however. Kind oh, no, of I agree. I don't know how I would do in that house. I don't think I would last very long in that house. Did I tell you the story where I realized I had a thing about doorways? No. We got to kill some time on this podcast. So let's keep, let's just tell it. We're going to banter. So sorry. I'm not sorry. Well, I, they know what they signed up for. It's fine. I, so I was ghost hunting in Gettysburg on my honeymoon. I know I have said that we went to a tour place and did a nighttime tour. And what they did was they took you to a couple of haunted locations And the first place they took us to was a more contemporary site. So it actually wasn't a Civil War site. Okay. This was quite an old house um, because it was built back uh, in a prior time period to the uh, 90s, I think, from when that crime had happened in that house. Okay. So there were a lot of doorways framing spaces like today we have a lot of open floor plans right but they didn't have that they would still mark it off with Mm -hmm. a doorway or an archway to mark off these spaces so there was a lot of them to get into this house and through the tour and they left you alone in each space for approximately 15 minutes alone to do your own investigation and they gave you rules so that you didn't disrupt anybody else's investigation so nobody pulled a fucking Zach Braggins on me. Just <laughs> no one did. No one. No one. But I was the crazy person because That's we're fair. sitting on the floor in the dining room and I have a voice recorder in my hand. Now they had a lot of all this new fangled technology shit with those scanners, spare boxes that use the radio waves and light mapping things. So you can see them cross across light grids and shit. They had all this stuff in the bag. It's part of the tour. And I was like, I don't know how to use all this shit. I'm going to go with my old fashioned shit. So I'm just sitting there with my voice recorder talking to the person who supposedly haunted this house. No, I had, didn't hear her. I didn't get any EVPs on my recorder to my knowledge. None of that shit. But we go from the dining room into the kitchen, and the people were walking out of the kitchen. I walk into the kitchen. I immediately get a shit feeling. I'm like, fuck oh, this no. place. And I am a grown-ass adult. I'm not afraid of the dark. I'm not afraid to being alone in a room by myself. In fact, I sat in the morgue at Hillview Manor by myself and was not scared. I was fine. But I don't I like get, the dark. I, get I have in, a nightlight. Well, I get in this kitchen, and there's the doorway. And as soon as I crossed over, I started having a panic attack. And then this one asshole, I don't know what his name was. His nickname was like Space Monkey or something. It reminds me of Space Monkey because he was an idiot. And he goes to shut the kitchen door. And it was one of these old swinging doors. My grandma had one in her house for a kitchen. And I start screaming at him. I said, don't shut the door. And he goes, what do you mean don't shut the door? You got to be alone in there. I was like, don't fucking shut that door. And he goes, oh, you're scared. I said, that's not it. Don't fucking shut that door. And he goes to shut the door and I walk up to him and my EMF detector goes off. 
And the group that was in the dining room where I had been walks up to hear my commotion. And as they're walking towards the doorway, their EMF goes off. So then we're scanning the doorway. And as we go to the top, it stops. But as I'm coming down the doorway towards the ground, it goes off again. And theirs does too, but only in a certain space. And it was an oblong space across the span of the doorframe. So that's 15 minutes gets taken up because I freaked the fuck out about the doors and I say it's time to move. Now I got a DVD of this tour. So I have video proof of me doing this shit. And um, the next group that comes in, Space Spank Monkey or whatever, stays in the kitchen and it makes fun of me because they didn't get any activity after I left. And they said, oh, maybe we shouldn't have shut the door. I heard that bitch. It was on my fucking DVD from my honeymoon. Okay. <laughs> so I spent the rest of the tour complaining about him into my EMF recorder. You know, the thing, the voice recorder, the entire mm-hmm. time it was on and I complained about him. Anyway, we get to the end of the tour and Spooky said that she's the tour guide. I can say that because she's, she's on the website and shit. Spooky. We get to the end of the tour and she goes, you know what I think was most interesting about this investigation was Steffi figured out what I figured out when I first got in there, the doorways. And I look at her and I cock my head. And she said, that space across the doorway is where that girl had gotten shot. She was trying to keep her boyfriend from leaving the house and they struggled through that doorway um, to keep him in the house and the gun accidentally went off and killed her and her body was found lying across that doorway. So this fucking spank monkey or whatever the fuck he is knew the story of the house and still fucking made fun of me for freaking out about that doorway where I was like, don't shut the door, don't leave. And I start saying these things instinctually. Now, if somebody was trying to keep somebody from leaving that house and going through that doorway, don't just say, don't stop, don't touch the door, don't go. Yeah. And I'm saying these things, which are out of character for me. And, right. and, and he makes fun of me for it, knowing the history of this site. Did you punch him? Because I would have. I wanted to. But the lady did invite me back for an investigation at a later date because she said it was weird that I had that powerful experience in that doorway. And she thought that I might be gifted. I don't. I'm not saying that I am. I'm just well, saying. Well, you're special. Yes. you special. But um, that has set off my thing for doorways ever since. And I just think it's interesting that this woman that I don't know is telling me you might have a thing because you, you know, I'm not an, I'm not an ego person. No, that's not my, that's not my bag. I'm not going to be the bestest or the smartest or the fastest or the most sensitive. I'm not going to be the best of anything. So for somebody to tell me there's something special about me, I'm kind of like, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. But I do find that coincidence very intriguing because it can't be a coincidence in my book. Oh, yeah. And maybe that space spank monkey guy was just jealous. I don't know. He can go maybe wank he his should monkey just... all he wants. <laughs> I love you. I, why would you pick monkey as your nickname on purpose? Like, I get, I get the thing because I was in the goth community. You know what my nickname was, Brandy? What? Buddha. <laughs> Buddha. Can you see that? <laughs> me, Miss Buddha. That was my nickname yeah. in the God community. I was a there you go. <laughs> yeah. 
He's fucking spank monkey, space monkey, something monkey. Who? What the fuck, dude? I mean, who doesn't like to spank the monkey, though? I wouldn't want to be <laughs> named after spank the monkey. That'd be Why like not? me it's calling fun. a like a muff burger. I don't want to be called a muff burger. Do I? Have oh, you one? are now, though. Yes, one hundred percent. That's your name now. <laughs> that's it. I have one. I just Sorry, don't want to be a- called that. Too you don't late. get that choice, honey. I'm sorry. <laughs> come on, you'll come up with something better. I mean, I got a head of flesh lettuce. Go with that. I mean, there's there's like there's a whole bunch. Brandy's face. No. Can't handle you. You know what's stupid is I left my thing of non-offensive dares under my bed somewhere. So I'm super prepared for this podcast as well. Today. Yeah, you are. Look I'm, at us. I'm a professional. We're fucking trash. Well, hey, good news is, is I think this is a professional podcast. It's so we have sponsors. We, we do. have sponsors. We do. We do. Um, oh, hold on a second. I gotta find the thing. Okay. I don't, I don't know if this is more appropriate elevator music, but I gotta find it. I gotta find the thing. I'm having a moment. I'm a little verklempt. I'm gonna give you a topic. Topic is sandwiches. Discuss. <laughs> is a hot dog a sandwich? Ew, hot dogs are fucking gross. But is a hot dog a sandwich? I mean, technically, it's between two pieces of bread. Or is it between one piece of bread? And that's how I ended up in a bathroom with covered in ice, missing a kidney. (laughs) 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 Once again, just cut everything before ice bath with kidney. That's it. You're just now you're expecting me to disappear for several minutes. I feel like you've written a list somewhere. I've been working on that for several hours to actually try to figure out where to fit that into this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, everybody needs a thing. Mine's random comments. I love it. It's good. (laughs) Okay. Non offensive dare. Okay, my darling witches, it's time for your weekly non-offensive dare. You must be a Patreon to participate so you can earn points for your house. Each month, the house with the most points gets to vote on weekly non-offensive dares, topics of future episodes, and so much more. Each week, once you've gotten your dare, you must safely and creatively complete a post on social media so that we can see that you've done the task. You can tag us at Twitter at Macabre Academy, or you can tag us on Instagram at The Macabre Academy, and you must include a hashtag with your house name to obtain the points. The world is a fucked up place. These dares are designed to bring silliness and random acts of kindness into the world. You must safely complete your dare. If you are unsafe, your points will not be counted. You can also earn additional points for your house by being the first to submit episode corrections to us at themacabacademy at gmail.com. Also, if we use your ideas or stories in a future episode, more points may be awarded. Let's return to the podcast to see what your weekly non-offensive dare will be. Brandy. Yeah. Do you think that you can confidently pick a number this time? 98. Brandy, you didn't. Damn it. 
that's literally the last number from the last episode that I had you pick a number and then I can <laughs> that you were shooting at picking numbers. <laughs> number number 98. No, it was 97 was episode. Okay. Three, but 98 was episode six. Fuck. So you've now lost your trance this episode. Kev, give me a number between one and a hundred. 53. You're picking in the same group you did too. Jesus. <laughs> Okay. Dare number 53. All right. What episode is this? I don't even know anymore. Episode Winchester. All right. <laughs> okay. Your dare this week is to ask a follow-up question. What do you mean? There's a lot of times. <laughs> there's a lot of. Okay. So random acts of kindness, right? I don't or, think she got it. She didn't. What? Not oh, at all. She did. He asked the question. <laughs> he did. And I answered it. <laughs> you did. <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> Do you guys remember on Lunatic, I felt really shitty I didn't ask the follow-up question about yeah. the cutting? Yeah. Okay. So I think there's a lot of, this is why I wrote this as a dare, because I think there's a lot of times in a conversation where we don't think to ask a follow-up question and we let somebody tell us something and let it fall flat. Mm -hmm. And I think that there is a lot of missed opportunity in communication if all the person doing receiving the information does is ask a follow-up question. And I think it's really nice to ask said follow-up question because it's an internet dare. So you have Twitter for this, you have TikTok for this, you have Instagram for this. So I think there's a lot of interesting opportunities to ask the internet a follow-up question. So if you don't do it conversationally, then give it to the internet. That'll be fun. See what the hell happens. <sighs> so that's it. And Brandy's done. She's tired. Just a little bit. It's okay. It's all right. I'm so, always tired lately. Yeah. Well, coming up, we've got the Alaskan butcher baker. Mm-hmm. And the candlestick maker. Mm-hmm. And you know I'm going to hit you with a two-parter on that one, right? Because I have over 10 hours worth of material. And I think I'm like 36 hours in research of that 10 hours worth of material. Why does that not surprise me? Sounds about I, right. I think what I hate... <laughs> is that I, I got on YouTube and mm-hmm. every documentary I watch is an hour long. And I know our podcast is an hour long, but my brain always goes, I think there's more. Mm-hmm. And then I find seven hours of audiobook on just this person alone. So I'm like, mm-hmm. how do people get on fucking YouTube and only spend 15 minutes discussing a serial killer? I don't think I could. No, you can do like, it with when those it comes stories. To- yeah, but you can't do it with with a, a a major serial killer. Could you imagine if I only did Anthony so well in forty five minutes? So like I am obsessed with serial killers. So like I have to go all in. Yeah, like I need to know every little fucked up thing they've ever done. Yep, I'm on that. Because I'm crazy. Myself. No, I'm with you, Kev. How do you feel about serial killers and true crimes? Since you might hang around for that episode. Um. Uh. Fine, I guess. I don't know. Do you, you like missing people? More? 
I love missing people. This is part, this quarantine has been amazing. <laughs> okay. So like, here's my thing. I also hate like cases like the Alyssa Turney case that's still like not solved, even though we all know who did it. Um, because like, I need an answer. I need to know. I need to know where they are and like know that they're buried okay and that they're not like still being tormented. Wait, what case is this? The Alyssa Turney. So she was 17 years old, went missing on the last day of her junior year, and her father, who we all know killed her, I'm not afraid to say that, um, told her sister, well, if you want answers, just be there on my deathbed. Okay, you just told me you killed her. And the police refused to do anything about it. But, like, she's still not found. They still don't know where her body is, but they know she's dead. Just tell me where you buried her. Tell me where you put her. Didn't they vet, like, true serum for that shit? Can't we just get some FBI motherfuckers up in there? So, like... Is that illegal now? Would it? I don't know, but the Arizona police will not do anything about it. Well, it's the Arizona police. What do you want from them? Actually, what I'm finding... The Arizona police are trash. I mean, like, her sister has a podcast. It's amazing. And she, on Facebook, Instagram, and everywhere, she will post her entire email to the police, and they'll, like, she'll post the response, and they're just like, yeah, no, we're not doing anything. They refuse to talk to her at this point. They refuse to search. She's like, you know where the body has been said to be? And they refuse to look. They're like, yeah, that's too big of an area. You didn't even fucking look. It's been almost 20 years. Well, let me let me let me throw this one at you. Let me just I'm gonna play devil's advocate because even okay. though I believe with you, believe I'm I'm thoroughly on the same page. I've done enough <clears throat> true crime research at this point. So what I'm finding in a lot of these cases is number one, victim shaming. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's not a care for the victim. All right. So if you don't have any empathy and the community around you doesn't have empathy for the victim, there's no reason to pursue said case, which is fucked up. Number two is circumstantial evidence. If you don't have a strong enough case to take to the DA to get these warrants to do these things, Mm -hmm. they will kibosh it. It has to be solid. Because even then, you know, once you get this warrant to do the search of the things... Mm-hmm. it could still not produce enough evidence to take to court. Right. So you're not only are you having that, but then you're also taking up time, money, resources that they don't have because a lot of things are notoriously underfunded, I'm finding mm-hmm. out. Rape kits cost hundreds of dollars to process, right? We learned that in Sobo. So mm-hmm. if the victim isn't fully there cooperating because the police are acting like shit then there's Mm -hmm. no reason to spend four hundred dollars and process said rape kit right that's why we need to defund the police Mm. you're not wrong so like here's we're gonna do the ls attorney case because like it fucks with me and like i just can't deal with it but the police do you want to do that next i mean not not next episode but your next episode yes it's gonna be a long one Good. But like, oh, okay. okay then, then I'm not going to talk pause, anymore because we're going to do fucked. Alaskan Baker. It's going to be a two-parter, and then if you want to hit us with a list attorney, let's do it. It's going to be a two-parter at least. Okay, at least Take as many it's parts fucked. as you need. 
I am with you. Perfect. And then I just wanted to say hey to Tara, our Patreon. Hey, Tara. Uh, hi. Um, hi there. Yeah, Sorry you have to look at my ugly face. She, no, she's our favorite child. She is. So House Barnum won monthly Patreon dares. So they got to pick their episode for August. So she has picked an episode for August. She is also the first person to send us episode ideas after she became a Patreon. And unfortunately that was a topic for Dexter. So I am now taking over the topic. Um, and I recently just received a book. So that is next on my plate as well. So Tara, please do not think I forgot about you. We are going to give you the episode we promised you. Again, you're our favorite Patreon. You're the most active Patreon. You mm-hmm. asked, we're listening, we're going to do the thing. So I'm sorry that it's going to take a while to turn around, but I promise you're going to get both your episodes. And if there's things that you want us to cover, then you need to join the Patreon and do that. Mm-hmm. You know, that fun stuff. I mean, you can always suggest it and we'll get around to it eventually, maybe. But give us money and we'll get to it sooner. Yeah. <laughs> It's not, the way the world works. It's not the money. It's the participation. I don't expect my yes. podcast to make any money. But do I want to Although, do like, I do want to retire. <laughs> it's about Please. building a community, guys. Build a community that lets me retire. Listen, I'm, <laughs> listen, I'm not even going to cut in this. I'm just, here, I'm just here to make you guys money. Listen, I want to retire at 27. You got two years. <sighs> I think that's fair. Well, you know what? I think you deserve to be famous, if that helps. Let's go. We're all just supporting Cass of Brandy. She's our superstar. My anxiety will be out of the <laughs> world, but it's fine. Let's go. Fuck me up. All right. That's it. We're going to... We're gonna. Oh, Kev, you're going to do the yes. episode wrap-up. What did you learn today? What did I learn today? That I need to do more research for these episodes is what I've learned today. <laughs> 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 Normally, I ask Brandy what she learned, but she's the one who gave the information. So it is your job to sum up the episode in like three sentences as to what. Oh you boy, um, I learned some shit about nails I didn't know. That was interesting. Uh, I learned that I can slip comments into random spots fairly well. That's what she said. <laughs> uh, and I learned that I'm looking forward to doing this with you guys again next week. So. Week, Kev. Let's, let's, let's fucking go. Let's do this. All right. Um, I, I'll get better at this, I swear. There's weird noises coming from my woods. I'm not okay with this. You know what? I'm relieved that this was a lighter episode because sometimes last couple of episodes Brandy has done, I've gotten so depressed that I had to drown my sorrows in chocolate and puppies. But I also it. don't tell you the worst like things. I sugarcoat it a little bit. I try. Not by much. Listen, ask Dex what I told her about Waco. You don't want to know. It's not good. What did you leave out? Uh, not telling you. You have to tell me. because It will a- break you. If I put the headphones down, will you tell the people what you missed? What they missed? <sighs> no, because you're going to listen. Come on, please tell them. You're going to break. That's fine. Just, just do it. Okay, so like the worst way someone died was a mother who was shot through the chest while she was breastfeeding her baby. Did I kill you? That's so bad. And why do you think I left it out? And I only told Dex. But, it's but I don't want to break you every week. Look, she's crying. Kev, look what I did. 
It. I'm not crying. This I'm is why I, I, I don't tell her things for I'm this reason. <laughs> I can't have, tell you the you thing. You have to tell me the things. Look at her. I'm okay. You're not. I'm fine. <clears throat> so how about the Mets, huh? How about that local sports team? Are sports ever coming back? Mm-hmm. Yeah, go watch sports. We're going to leave okay. now. Bye. No, Damn. we're done. <laughs> feisty <laughs> we're done okay bye 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 this podcast was brought to you by nerdy witch in partnership with sound maiden we want to thank all of our wonderful patreons for updates please follow the macabre academy on facebook Remember to like, share, and listen exclusively on Buzzsprout. Soon, we'll be available wherever you listen to podcasts.